favorite cartoon characters will help you understand how drugs and alcohol can ruin your life. So watch the program. Talk about it with your family. How we go here? Uh, total incompetence is our aesthetic, baby. How we roll? That's right. We're back to normal. We don't have like Morbius like editing this. No, one. no, no. <laughs> this podcast is a blur of Republicans and meat. <laughs> back to form, baby. This is classic. It's a classic. Uh, what's the name of our podcast? Special presentation with Mike and Ethan, or Alf will not be seen tonight. Oh boy, we're we're. Uh... You know what happened? About 10 minutes ago, we were just like, no, I don't have anything to do tonight. Me neither. Well, you want to do a podcast? Okay. So so we yeah, launched ourselves right. into this with no plan, and now we have decided, kind of off the cuff, because we had some left over, to do a part four to our commercials, because there's still so many commercials. We do live under capitalism, and you must consume, and therefore... You must consume the things that your funny friends tell you to. Yes! Eat! <laughs> Eat. Now, um, the first thing, uh, oh, Ethan, you showed me is not a commercial, or maybe it is a commercial. I don't know. <laughs> it may be pushing like ding-dongs, or maybe just trying to make this incredibly cacophonous and annoying song stick in your ear. It's unclear. Uh, we are talking about Zippy the Pinhead... In I'm Zippy. Yes, Zippy the Pinhead. I, I showed it to Mike off camera because I was like, eh, maybe this is for our thing, maybe it's not. But it turned out we actually had a lot to say about it. So. Yeah, so so what... Okay, so I, I don't know a lot of the backstory to Zippy the Pinhead. I just remember it's a comic in the newspaper that is never funny and never makes any sense. And I just read it. It's it's not like in the sense of like when you're a kid and you're reading the comics like Bloom County and you're like, oh, this is like really political and adult. So I just don't understand it. It's more like you look at it as a kid and you're like, oh, yeah, this just is makes no sense. It, it's never going to make any sense. Yeah. It, Zippy is – well, to start with, Zippy did not start on the comics page. He actually made the jump to comic strips from underground comics. I was about to say he really has that underground comics feel, so that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, Zippy is Zippy has always had the attitude that you know he's basically too cool for the comic strips. So yeah, um, that's the thing is like I so they basically were like okay these underground comics are big things so let's pick what the worst of them. <laughs> <laughs> I mean at least if they were like putting Robert Crumb on a comics page we'd get some like oh yeah like bird women with big asses yeah. so there'd be something to recommend it but like uh Zippy the Pinhead it's like he's basically a circus pinhead I guess yes. like you know, he's got the little well his head's not really that small it just comes to a point yeah which is probably good because you know you don't want to actually make it look like it's you're actually making fun of people with a terrible mental and physical disability yeah, but... so he's he's just a guy. Yeah, he's got like a little tuft of hair. He wears like a polka dot house dress, and he just like the comic strip is him and I a guy who I guess is the cartoonist self insert because the character's name is Griffey. Yeah, cartoonist it is. is what Bill Griffith, I think. Yes, Bill Griffith. So usually what they do is it's them kind of wandering around, usually in like diners with like kind of old. Um, you know, googie architecture and roadside, um, you know, novelties like like a big dog's head and a chef toque. And, yes. Um, 
you know, stuff like that. And you're like, oh, these are obviously like drawn from real American roadside diners, and we're we're supposed to care about that or something because <laughs> this is this is like you know Jack Kerouac's on the road or something, and this is like the real America. But they're always just like it's Griffey usually complaining about like his existential angst about being a cartoonist because oh that's so hard, and then Zippy just making non sequiturs. Uh, yeah, pretty much uh, Zippy. It's I don't know. I mean, you have. They're not exactly Opus and Bill, are they? No. Well, it's like if if Opus and Bill were unlikable, you know, uh, like because Opus got Opus close. Because you know, Opus is pretty. Um, you know, like Opus is kind of a um the same like oh filled with angst and despair all the time. But like he is sympathetic. Yes. You feel bad for him, and you you want to like him, and Bill is. Bill doesn't talk, so that is a, a huge improvement over Zippy. Yes, I, I would say so. With with uh, Griffy and Zippy, uh, also Zippy lives in a town of pinheads, which is... Oh, that's right. There's like a lady pinhead that he yes. like is with, and a, he's got a pinhead kid, doesn't he? Yeah, and they live in like a pinheaded house and eat pinheaded food. and just like I think he ran out of ideas. <laughs> well, you know... Uh... I could, if if I were in charge of this and I were told uh, make a comic strip called Zippy the Pinhead, I could think of lots of ideas. And I have a more of an excuse to not think of ideas because Zippy the Pinhead is not my idea. Presumably Bill Griffith thought of the idea of Zippy the Pinhead. He wasn't assigned it by an editor, so he should have <laughs> plenty of ideas for this. Um, okay, so I'm. I guess let me look up Zippy the Pinhead. Because now I want to know a little about his background before we talk about the actual thing that we just watched. Yes, and uh, be sure to look up, uh, while you're at it, make sure you don't miss anything about Pippi the Ziphead. Is there... Are you joking? No. Pippi the Ziphead is an interesting story. Okay, well, let's... Let me start with... Um, okay, so Zippy the Pinhead. Uh, let's see. So he started in Real Pulp Comics... And apparently uh, Griffith saw Todd Browning's film Freaks and Mm. was fascinated by the pinheads. So he asked... Who are the most boring part of Todd Browning's Freaks? (laughs) I was going to say, did they really do much in that movie? Yeah, why wasn't it Zippy the Human Caterpillar? Oh, I remember the Human Caterpillar. Yeah, he's I remember cool. that guy. <laughs> yeah, but I don't know. I feel like if I was watching Freaks, I'd be and like you know watching these these uh, circus freaks like you know um, uh, mutilate a trapeze artist. I wouldn't be like, wow, put those pinheads on again. That's what I really want to see more of. <laughs> yeah, uh, but apparently they were all real circus freaks in that movie. But uh... yeah, so apparently he actually asked the projectionist to slow it down so he could like. I guess get a better look at the pinheads. He was like, slow it down. Yeah. Slower. Slower. Um all right, so I guess uh oh, okay, interesting. So apparently Real Pulp Comics uh said do something some kind of love story but with really weird people. And so he made Zippy the Pinhead because he remembered that thing. Um it was apparently in the uh, started in the Berkeley Barb, the Berkeley Barb. I never was heard of it. A, yeah, it's a weekly underground paper in Berkeley, California. So oh, you know well. it's garbage. <laughs> I can say that I lived in Berkeley. Oh, Berkeley did you? Is shit. Yeah, oh. it's terrible. Um, you ever live in Oakland? A, oh, Oakland's a little bit better. Really? Oh, okay. <laughs> well, what I should say is like they're all. It's basic. They're basically the same. It's basically the same. The only difference is once you get into Berkeley, everyone is still trying to uh, trying to pretend. Oh yeah, like we, uh, you know, we 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 were like the the sixties. We we made the sixties happen. We're still like that now. And it's like, no, you're not. You're all a bunch <laughs> of nimbies now. <laughs> uh, but anyway, so it looks like um, it was a weekly strip. And um, then when William Randolph Hearst the third took over the San Francisco Examiner. Uh, he offered Griffith an opportunity to do Zippy as a daily strip. Hearst? Wow. Well, I guess Hearst the third. Yeah. So it was like Hearst's uh, Hearst's rich idiot uh, son uh, took <laughs> or grandson. I guess it's the third one. Rich idiot grandsons make the world go around. 
Yeah. He's like, he talked to his finger. Mr. Bimble, who lives on his finger, told him to uh, communicate Zippy the Pinhead. Uh, so let's see. So several months later, it got picked up for worldwide daily distribution by King Features Syndicate in 1986. God, once again, we have talked so much about how you could just blunder your way into comics fame in those days. Yeah. Ah, uh, so the, let's see. So when the San Francisco Chronicle canceled Zippy briefly in 2002, the newspaper received thousands of letters of protest. Our citation needed. Um, <laughs> but did include one from Robert Crumb, who called Zippy by far the very best daily comic strip that exists in America. Well, wow. you know what? I mean, I guess that's pretty high praise. But, you know, I think I've had words for a Robert Crumb on this show. In the yes. Past. Yes. So uh, we don't we don't put too much stock in his opinion. Yeah. And I'll just say it's like when the man who, uh, you know, who created canned um, racial slur hearts <laughs> likes a comic strip. Yes. Eh, I mean, whatever, you know, like, mm. um, you know, take, just saying, take that for what, it, what you want, you know, whatever. Yeah. whatever. I mean, whatever. When freaking Gilbert Shelton takes the piss out of you in one of his contemporary comic strips. Shoot. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Fucking Robert Crumb. Have they ever made anything out of his comics? I don't think so. I've never seen a Robert Crumb animated film of any sort ever. <laughs> I saw a sequel, though. Oh, yeah, that's right. We should probably do... Um, uh, I just realized, yeah, Fritz the Cat and... Uh, what is it? Uh, Prince's Fritz Nine Cat. Lives. Prince's Nine Lives. Those we <laughs> should do those at some point. Oh yeah. You know? Is is Fritz Kaling a comic strip? Uh, well, whatever. Uh, sort of. It was an underground yeah. comic strip. Yeah, so it counts. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, Too bad there but, isn't a Fat Freddy's Cat cartoon. That would be fun. They there was actually uh, just a couple years ago they were talking about making an animated movie. Yeah, actually not a couple of years ago, like for over a decade, it's been oh, really? in production and it's a stop motion film. So isn't it like the Ardman Ardman or something? Uh, it, or? I don't know. I don't know about, I don't know about actual Ardman, but it's, it's been in uh, production for quite a while to the point where I'm like, eh, do you think this is ever going to get made? But mm. you know, I'm well, not on Tinder. It's like, Oh, I can't wait to see the freak brothers movie. Yeah. I mean, honestly, I feel like the freak brothers movie, it'd be funny if like after after what 50 years it's finally coming to the big screen and it's like oh yeah like every single person who remembered what this property is uh died of an acid overdose like 30 years ago um <laughs> <laughs> uh, but anyway uh so um the chronicle quickly restored the trip and strip and dropped it again in 2004 <laughs> leading to more protests as well as grateful letters from non-fans <laughs> Oh, I wish I we believe, joined in that. I believe that. Um, <laughs> the strip has developed a cult following. Yeah, sure. Uh, and continues to be syndicated in many newspapers, often ranking at or near the bottom of reader polls. <laughs> now, that's... Again, it's fascinating because he just blundered his way into success. And despite being... Pretty much uh, almost universally hated by newspaper readers, he continues to have success. Like, huh. yeah. Do you have any thoughts about Zippy the Pinhead that you want to share on air? Come in here so we can hear you. This is my wife, by the way, to the listener. When She's going to say something about Zippy the Pinhead. Okay. When I was little, I tried to read it, and because I couldn't understand it at all, and because it was drawn realistically, I assumed it was political. <laughs> <laughs> um, because you know I, kids don't understand political humor. And then when I got older and tried to read it again, I realized it's not political; it's just nonsensical. That's honestly <laughs> all I have to say about it. Okay. Well, well you know yeah. that's actually very because similar to how I felt about it, except that it makes no sense. Yeah. And yeah. so I thought it was political. Yeah. So that I didn't sounds think like... I didn't think it was political. I thought it was a soap opera strip. I thought it was like Mary Worth or something because it was drawn realistically. Yeah. I've never encountered anyone who likes that comic. That's true, too. Um, the, but yeah, it does have a soap opera look to it as well, now that you mention it. Yeah. And the you don't want to know when I figured out that it wasn't supposed to be a soap opera? When they were doing a Ninja Turtles parody. What? Yes! That oh, was okay. the late 80s, obviously. And they oh. were doing this something called, like, Ice Age Mutant Ninja Cattle or something like that, and 
It was okay. like a cross between the Ninja Turtles and the Far Side. You know, I mean, I'm I'm sorry, but first of all, um, the Ninja Turtles are basically kind of already a parody to begin yeah, with. Explicitly a parody. I mean, I mean, you know their origin, right? Yeah, weren't they like kind? Well, no, tell me actually. <laughs> I'm okay. not sure, but I do. <laughs> well, the origin of the turtles is that uh, they. Well, wait, no, lost... I do know. It was ooze. The secret of the ooze did it. Yes, but do you know where the ooze came from? No, where, where's the ooze from? The ooze is the exact same radioactive canister that blinded Daredevil. Oh, that's canonical? Yeah, they specifically show a kid getting blinded with it uh, as it falls into the sewer. So, because Ninja Turtles was all a big parody of the Frank Miller Daredevil comics. Oh, huh. That's funny. I didn't realize that it was specifically a parody of Daredevil. Yeah, Daredevil fight. Was... Daredevil fights these ninjas called the Hand. So the turtles mm-hmm. fight the foot. And oh, Daredevil has a ninja master called Stick. So they have a ninja master called Splinter. Wow. Okay. I didn't realize it was so. I did not realize it was so on the nose. Um, <laughs> I, no, I no. literally. Oh, sorry. I actually just thought it was a parody of like the ninja ninja comics in general. Yeah, and the Teenage Mutant part comes from the other big comic of the day was X-Men, which is about Teenage Mutants. Oh, there you go. Okay, I get it. Um, That's funny. It's also, yeah, it's funny because when they became such a hit, they've kind of been completely divorced from that, you know, from from Daredevil. We don't think of them as a parody. That's so weird, Yeah, you know? That's like if, I don't know, um, well, I guess that happens a lot, honestly. Uh-huh. You know, like, Absolutely. like when you think about like, oh, we've completely forgotten the fact that like, you know, Foghorn Leghorn was a parody of some, you know, particular like character at some point and, you know, things like that. Yes, it's uh, the, the sort of Weird Al syndrome where the parody long outlives the original. Yeah, yeah. The, I so lost funny, on though. Jeopardy ph- phenomenon. Yeah, man. And, uh, and sometimes well, the parody of the parody takes on a life of its own. Like because, scary movie. Yeah, well, I was thinking in terms of how, you know, somebody somebody realized that uh, the Ninja Turtles was a parody of Daredevil, so they did their own superhero parody of Daredevil. And since Daredevil hangs out with a ninja girl called uh, called Electra, he reversed that and, and introduced a ninja girl called Oedipus. And that is how the tick relates to Daredevil. Oh, wow. Oh, I did not realize that's why she was named Oedipus. Yeah. That's so funny. Okay. Now it makes sense. So the secret to cartoon success, start in the 80s and parody Daredevil. It's all great from there. All right. All right. Well, you know, if, you know, if only we had some way of putting this podcast in like a, a reverse time capsule and getting it back to someone (laughs) back in those days, we could, we could help. So wait a minute, maybe we did. That's how the tick and uh, turtle started. We actually like uh, told Eastman and Laird. We they heard they heard us through the uh, the chronoscope, and we were like, "Make Daredevil parody." It was like we were, we were like <laughs> we were sending a message back with tachyons, like in Prince of Darkness. <laughs> um, also, send us ten million dollars that you make off of this, or we won't do it. Oh crap, we already did. Shit. Yeah. <laughs> But it turns out that it was like we get it. And it turns, oh no, it's ten million dollars in worthless nineteen eighties money, which is which is the same as like in those cartoons where they find a treasure and it's all Confederate bills. <laughs> oh, it's this, it's ten thousand Disney dollars. Yeah, <laughs> the, it's like the, the, we'll give you something even better than like uh you know than um than money in the nineteen eighties. Here's some uh, Cabbage Patch Kid trading cards. <laughs> These Why'd are you worth give, a mint. Why don't you give us some of your worthless Apple stock? <laughs> yeah. After that, like, uh, they're, what are they going to do after making, what, the Apple II? Yeah. Um, anyway, <laughs> but, but, Apple II. but back, I actually did have an Apple II. But back, oh, really? <laughs> back to the, um, the important thing, Ninja Turtles, which are a parody, but when they came out and they, like, were huge, like, everybody did a shitty half-assed parody version that was basically just substituting some other animal for turtles. Oh, yes. And They're... and that's not funny because, it, well, first of all, 
There's no, why would any other animal be inherently funnier than a turtle? You know, like, oh, Teenage Mutant Ninja hamsters. It's like, okay, that is equally as funny as a turtle. I actually have an issue of that. Yeah. Oh, that's a real thing? Yes. Adolescent radioactive black belt hamsters. Wow. Wow. That's amazing. They found a synonym for every one of them. And there's also, there's also Mm -hmm. geriatric gangrene jujitsu gerbils. (laughs) By the same people? Uh, no, different. <laughs> Again, I, I like that the, that gangrene was what they came up with as a synonym for mutant. I mean, uh, I I get I guess it certainly looks like it uh, in, in advanced stages, but I mean, whatever. Um, <laughs> I mostly remember that like the uh, the the greatest, um, or by which I mean the worst, uh, novelty song man did his own version where he was talking about chickens instead. The, the the worst novelty song man oh wow yeah there's a, I, there's I, a lot of them uh ray more, stevens oh i was gonna say i was like i didn't you know i didn't think that uh jonathan colton was that much of a fact but <laughs> you know what i'll i'll give jonathan colton credit he at least is um he at least is not a huge racist as far as i know yes <laughs> Uh, which makes him better than Ray Stevens. Uh, why were we talking about the Ninja Turtles? Uh, because of... Oh, Zippy the Pinhead. I'm Zippy sorry. Zippy the Pinhead, yes. <laughs> wow. So, um, yes. We got off on attack, didn't we? Yes. <laughs> so anyway, so Zippy the Pinhead continues to exist despite everyone's best efforts. Um, it turns out, let's see. Um, uh, Griffith has never committed himself to a set origin for Zippy. No fewer than five have appeared. Um, he's either a, an alien, a, an actual circus pinhead, a robot, a the secret identity of a jaded heir to a fortune who decided to apply Zen to everyday life, or a oh. college student who inexplicably turned into a pinhead. I think I like that last one best. Just like, that, ah, I'm a pinhead now! I mean, it's, it's, it's honestly the funniest. Yeah. <laughs> you know, um... That fourth one is the is basically the origin of Flaming Carrot. You know him? Yes. I didn't realize that was his origin, though. Well, the origin of Flaming Carrot is specifically like a parody of uh, Don Quixote. Duh. Oh. Yes. Uh, Flaming Carrot was a millionaire who read a million comic books in a single sitting on a dare and thus became simple. <laughs> nice. Yes. That's what that's what will happen. That's what happens. <laughs> they are a medium for children. It could happen to you. It happened to me too. Oh no! Um, so wait a second. So the secret. So uh, so does that mean that this uh, origin for Zippy was also a parody of Don Quixote, or was it a parody of the Flaming Carrots parody of Don Quixote? Uh, I haven't read this Zippy episode, so I couldn't know. But in fact, wasn't Don Quixote itself a parody of chivalric romances? Yes, it's parody all the way down. Oh my god, this is like, we're just like, we're just blowing the lids off of so many things tonight. Not only that, but you know what one of the best things about uh, the Ninja Turtles is? Is that is that Eastman and Laird never forgot their origins, and they always wanted to help other, other uh, struggling... Uh, Indie, indie cartoonist, which is why Usagi Yojimbo appeared in the Ninja Turtles cartoon and had his own oh. action figure. And I that, always it, did wonder about that. Yeah, it uh, apparently it paid to, for Steve Sakai's house, or at least an addition onto it. And wow. Yes. And they made a prototype, but never sold the action figure for Flaming Carrot in the Ninja Turtles toys. Wow. Um, well, you know, he would fit into the Ninja Turtles universe. He absolutely would. Yeah, he's... He, I, I almost feel like Casey Jones is a parody of him. Or a... Not so much a parody as a, uh, you know, serial number filed off version of him. Right. You know, that makes me wonder, though, like, so a lot of the... Not the the lesser Ninja Turtle villains, were were they other people's comic creations, too? Like No, you know, like... no. Most of them were created by the writers and or the toy company. Oh, okay. Just like, you know, it's kind of like Master of the Universe. Like, hey, we found we found a way to make a toy that does this. So come up with a character that's built around this. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. That was a weird thing about... Oh, I guess Ninja, in the Ninja Turtles, you could get villain toys, right? Oh, yeah. Plenty of them. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I always thought that was weird because I just remember there were a lot of 
there were a lot of toy lines where they were like, okay, we need to keep making more and more good guys to sell. And it's like, why did you never sell any of the villains? Why yeah. did you never make toys Nin- of the villains? Power Rangers is the worst about that. I don't know why it is, but Japanese toys, they sell all the heroes, and then there's never a bad guy for them to fight. It's really weird. You're supposed to you're supposed to take them and have them fight your rocks and bugs and things. Yeah. <laughs> fight your teddy bears. Right. <laughs> yeah. Alright, so it seems that Zippy's favorite foods are taco sauce and ding dongs. Together? Uh doesn't say, but um there is a there is actually a um Oh, okay. That that has a uh, citation. I thought it might be to the video we just watched, but no, it's to uh, cast of characters on Zippy the Pinhead. Ah. Uh, he also snacks on polysorbate 80. Ooh, so random. That's um, an emulsifier. His unpredictable behavior sometimes causes for difficulty for others, but never for himself. Uh, he's married to a nearly identical Pinhead na- named Zerbina and has two children, Fuel Rod, a boy, and Meltdown, a girl. Okay, and... so they're both, like, nuclear power-themed? Uh, oh, I feel like The Simpsons has poisoned the well as far as that's concerned. Yeah. They um, they, they led to at- atomophobia, is that the word? <laughs> they gave it another oh. 20 years to live. Oh, yeah, true, true. Um, there's also a cat named Dingy. And, is it Dingy uh, or Dingy? I wonder. Oh, Dingy. D-I-N-G-Y. <laughs> Dingy. And Zippy's parents are named Ebb and Flo, and they're originally from Kansas, but they live in Florida now. Of course. Uh, Zippy has a an angst-ridden twin brother named Lippy, and who is his total opposite, often dressed as conservative suit, thinking sequentially and avoiding his brother's penchant for non-sequiturs. Uh, he is depicted as being deeply moved by the poetry of Leonard Cohen, the landscape paintings of Maxfield Parrish, and the music of John Tesh. Oh wow, what a normie. Jeez. Uh um oh and there's I don't know four... which one I hate more. Yeah. Now there are four close friends of Zippy. There's uh Claude Funston, a hapless working man. I I don't recall ever seeing him. Me neither. Uh Griffey, who is a stand-in for Bill Griffith, who often appears in strip to complain about various aspects of modern life, just like we said. Yep. Uh, Shelf Life, a fast-talking schemer looking for the next big thing. I, I don't know who that is. Never heard of any of these characters. Uh, Vizine Nourney, a 20-something lounge singer who, despite her rebellious image, has an optimistic and sympathetic nature. A 20-something lounge singer. Oh, is lounge singing part of the gig economy now? Apparently, lounge singing is a very hip and new thing that, that young women do. I guess. You know, whenever I hear the word 20-something, I think of the grunge era of the, when we were talking about, oh, Generation X, the slackers. You mean the people are now 50? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. No, I I hear you. I I still think, well, that's appropriate because so does everyone who works in newspaper comics. Yep. Slackers. Um, Oh, here's a character that I actually do recognize. Mr. Toad. Mr. Toad. So yes, humanoid Toad, Mr. Toad, who embodies blind greed and selfishness, um, along with his wife, Mrs. Toad, and his children, Mustang and Blazer. And the Toadettes, a group of mindless and interchangeable amphibians who pop up here and there. Okay. (laughs) And, And the Stupidity Control, described by Bill Griffith as cruising the streets of L.A. correcting the behavior of insensitive louts. Uh. Oh, politeness uh, man all over again yeah but not but uh, uh, okay um another recurring to... oh sorry no go on go on oh another recurring character is god who appears as somebody head or hand to propose on various people's bodies he is depicted as either conversing with zippy or commenting on humanity in general okay um, and then apparently, yeah, uh, Zippy goes around and sees attractions like that fucking dog head, which they have a picture of here on uh, Wikipedia. I hate that fucking dog head. I've never seen this dog head before, but yeah, I can see how, I mean, you know, if you if you had s- sniffed the right chemicals and looked at that, you'd be like, yeah, I'm going to make a comic strip about that and it's going to make me a million dollars. Yeah, the thing is, like, I... Um, yeah, I since I lived in Berkeley for a little while, it's one of those fucking 
disgusting landmarks from you know the mid-century yeah. so everybody in so it's one of those they can't tear down even though it's awful and honestly you look at it and it's like well it has no redeeming cultural value it just is there to like sell shitty burgers for a restaurant that no longer exists and it's just this awful eyesore but like we have to be like ah yes that's americana did uh, you see the movie ghost world uh no but it's that that remind that that I've always assumed that was the same aesthetic. But tell me, kind of. Well, in Ghost World, you have this girl who is a who like us. It has a serious disgust for everything around her, and she falls into a friendship with an older man. Just a friendship, played by oh damn, what's his name? That Weasley guy. Steve Buscemi? Yes, Steve Buscemi. <laughs> Steve... <laughs> I like how you like Weasley guy. Steve Buscemi? <laughs> yep, that's the one. The lemur-eyed Weasley guy who uh who it turns who is who is this this kind of you know sh- shut-in nerd who listens to R. Crumb style blues stuff. And <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this movie but... sounds good actually. It's it's a really good movie, yes. I should I rec- actually recommend it. And <laughs> but it turns out he's he retired young from his job at a chicken franchise called Cook's Chicken, and one day she's in his office and he find she finds this big display of a hideous gollywog caricature, and she's like, "What the hell is this?" He's like, "Oh yeah, I took that back from my old job." What were you in the clan? I was like, "No, uh, I worked for Cook's Chicken, but before 1953, Cook's Chicken was Coon Chicken." <laughs> And that is what that dog makes me think of. It looks like they had some sort of awful Uncle Ben caricature and they slapped a muzzle on it. Oh shit, you know what? I bet you're I bet you're right. I bet you're right, but and I bet they've I bet they've scrubbed that from the internet, you know? <laughs> They're like they have probably like the city of San Francisco since the diner's not around anymore. The city of San Francisco probably like employs people to like just watch the internet all day and anytime someone posts like hey I just I just found out that the uh you know the dog's head diner was originally the Mandingo diner or something the and <laughs> you know um uh I should have a trigger warning for saying that I I don't know that, that that is an obscure word i've literally I, never i was heard gonna that say one. it's not a good word I, I i i know it's a slur but i think it's a sort of slurry that i don't i don't know if we're gonna get in trouble for me having said it let's uh. rewind and i'll stick it let me insert another awful <laughs> slur instead <laughs> there was the uh, uh i don't know whatever you know and then, yeah. anyway the point of this this hypothetical is that if you post that on the internet uh the the san francisco um uh, board of directors comes to your house and black bags you. <laughs> That's actually what happened to like Harvey Milk. <laughs> <laughs> he was going to blow the lid off this, so they had to kill him. <laughs> <laughs> True fact stated. I can't believe it. We've gotten half an half an episode just out of this five minute Zippy video. We haven't even <laughs> talked about Zip the actual thing yet. No, we haven't. Wow! <laughs> oh, we're gonna get a whole episode out of Zippy. Zippy. <laughs> He's so bad. Okay, so okay, so okay. So, so, so 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 let's let's barrel through this um the the Zippy background. Um, yeah. Uh, let's see. Uh, so apparently, um, in regards to Zippy's famous catchphrase. Ah, the famous catchphrase. Yes. Um, What's his famous catchphrase? Say it with us, folks. His favorite catchphrase is, are we having fun yet? I had no idea that came from Zippy. Yeah, neither did I. I don't know if he originated it or he just... I, I, You know what? I almost feel like it's a thing people say, and so Zippy says it. But I feel like most people who say it don't say it because of Zippy. Yeah. I mean, I, not, that I, not, not that I ever say it that much. I don't know. It just sort of feels like... It, yeah, it's like... Kiwi saying, I know you are, but what am I? Yeah, it's fucking obnoxious. Yes. Like, I've never heard that phrase spoken in a way that doesn't immediately want, make you want to punch the person who said it. Um, Even and if fact, you absolutely aren't having fun, like you're in line at the DMV, and someone looks back to you like, are we having fun yet? Shut up, you piece of shit. Get out of here. Yeah, it's like, whoa. It's like, seriously. Seriously. Just get out of my face. 
Um, and it's funny because like Zippy just saying it as a non sequitur makes me hate him as well. I feel like he's like I feel like he's mocking me with his smug aura, you know. Um, but uh, anyway, so his famous catchphrase apparently. Um, so let's see. When Bartlett's approached me in I forgot what year, five or six years ago. Oh, um, so we yeah, got a Bartlett's phone call familiar from Bartlett? quotations. Yeah, they wanted to give him credit for uh, for Zippy saying, "Are we having fun yet?" Uh. Uh, so let's see, he got a call from the editor, and he was going to give me credit for Are We Having Fun Yet, but he wanted to know exactly where Zippy first said it. I did some research, eventually found out the strip back to Pinhead, the Punks and the Monks, from Yao number 2979. That's the first time he said, Are We Having Fun Yet? Certainly not, not intended by me to be anything more than another non-sequitur coming out of, okay, out of Zippy's mind. Maybe he did originate it. Huh, huh. 1979? I mean, uh... You know, sometimes these phrases that uh, get uh, spread around like wildfire are a lot younger than you realize. I mean, I didn't realize that it's not over till the fat lady sings. That was from the late 70s. Huh. Wow. That is that is unexpected. Um, OK, wait a second. Oh, geez. Oh, boy. Here we go. Following rumors of a zippy movie project that was never consummated. Griffith devoted dozens of strips to his real and imagined dealings with Hollywood. An animated TV series produced by Film Roman and co-written by Diane Newman was in negotiations from 1996 to 2001. Diane Why? Newman. Diane Newman, American comics artist associated with the underground comics movement. She is best known for her character Dee Dee Glitz, who addresses transgressive social issues such as feminism, female masturbation, body image, and miscarriages. Fuck oh. Zippy! I want her to develop a show! That sounds amazing! Um, yeah, I mean, I've never heard, I've never heard of her before because, um, you know, I don't, I, I know like literally one underground cartoonist, but that certainly sounds a lot more interesting. Uh, oh, she hangs out with Aileen Kaminsky. So maybe. Oh, no, no, she's canceled now. <laughs> I, I don't know if Aileen Kaminsky, I actually don't know anything about Aileen Kaminsky. I just don't like her because I don't know. She's annoying. Yeah, I don't I, I, I don't like her just because when you see those comics that she and Robert Crumb do together, it's like, oh, Jesus Christ, these are so bad. I don't know if that's her fault or his because they both kind of suck. But uh, anyway, OK, so Zippy made a stage debut in San Francisco in fun. The concept at the Dark Room Theater. Bill Griffith approved the adaptation, though he did not work on the project. Fun, fun. There's a Zippy. Stage play? Stage play? Oh my god. Oh my god. Uh, fun the concept. Please tell me it's online. We need to see the Zippy stage play. Is, 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 it, does it, is it a thing? Uh, I'm getting pictures of concept cars. No. Oh my god. Oh. Okay. Um, a collection of about a thousand Zippy quotes was formally packaged and distributed with the Emacs text editor. What? You ever use that? I don't. No. <laughs> Why? I'm. I I swear to God, this is this is insane. It's it's a property that like literally the only person in the world who likes it is Robert Crumb, and yet they're like, no, no, make it into a TV show, make it into a movie, make it into a stage play. We need to adapt Zippy the Pinhead into every medium. <laughs> this thing that nobody likes and nobody wants. Oh, I maybe, maybe, you know what? Maybe I'm the one who's wrong. <laughs> maybe it is I who just do not see the genius of Zippy the Pinhead. No, um, it's the children who are wrong. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, so let's see. Um, okay, I found a link to uh, photos of uh, the of on stage from Fun the Concept with Zippy the Pinhead. Oh yeah. Let's yeah, see, I, let's see let's see these pictures. So these are these are photos from Zippy the Fun the Concept. Yeah. Um, it, is it that looks pretty. I don't think it's the Sorry. same guy from the uh, video that we watched because the video we watched was from the '80s, and this is from 19. Oh, this is from 2004. Wow, they made a Zippy stage musical in 2004. Wow, in the Bush era. 
uh, well, I mean, I guess, I guess that's what, that's, what else could address the horror of the Bush years other than Zippy the Pinhead? <laughs> I can think of a lot of, yeah, you're right, Zippy the Pinhead. You know, I mean, I, I do kind of dig the, like, drawn backgrounds they have. I mean, that's That is cool. nice, yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, it's a I nice I want to know what's going on here where he's holding up a diagram of different ways to draw his mouth. Yeah. <laughs> I really want to know who like the these weird like uh these three big like gummy blobs he's talking to are though. <laughs> yeah. Cuz it appears that he's talking to uh I, I they look like like different colored marshmallows. I don't know what that is though. Um and I guess this other guy he's talking to who looks kind of like um he kind of looks like uh the guy who plays Rimmer on Red Dwarf a little bit. I thought it might have been Baba Odenkirk, but he's but he was Maybe. younger then. Uh, a guy in this zippy play. He looks a little like the guy, also Dennis from Always Sunny, if he got kind of fat. Oh, oh my God. Mr. McFeely is here, too. Why is Mr. McFeely here? Wh- what? Oh, yes, my God. Yeah. Scroll down. <laughs> it's Speedy McLovery. Busy day. Okay. This, um, well, these photos are not real. Oh, and there's Mr. Toad as well. Oh, geez. What a terrible costume. Wow. That is the worst costume ever. Oh my god. That's not a that is not a toad. That is <laughs> That is a nightmare. They literally could have just painted him green and it would have been fine, but instead that... they have to do that weird thing frill around his head. <laughs> what is that? That is not a toad. That is the That is the Flatwoods monster. Yeah, they were like, okay, look, we don't actually have a toad head for you, so what we're gonna do is we're gonna give you a frill around your face that's vaguely in the shape of like the toad's head from the comic, but your real face is gonna be sticking out the middle. Like, what? What? <laughs> what was that? Yeah, it's like it's 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 like if Kermit got caught in a windstorm, his frilly collar popped up around his face. Yeah. Oh, and then there's this kind of like, oh, I kind of like this waitress though. Oh yeah. She's this kind of cute like gothy waitress that seems to be taking their order um okay and then uh i don't know who any of these other people are though i don't don't know what any of these characters are and you know you know maybe we should have learned something about zippy before we did a whole episode about a five minute zippy thing but you know when we watched that five minute zippy thing it felt like we'd had enough zippy for a lifetime who would have thought yeah i seriously apparently we were like okay so um Okay, here we go. So this, Pippi the Ziphead. So apparently, uh, Bill Griffith criticized Dilbert. Adams responds with a comic strip called Pippi the Ziphead, quote, cramming in as much artwork as possible so no one will notice there's only one joke and it's on the reader. Ouch. Roasted. (laughs) Um, Dilbert notes that the strip is quote nothing but a clown with a small head who says random things and Dogbert responds that he is quote maintaining his artistic integrity by creating a comic strip that no one will enjoy oh my god owned owned <laughs> <laughs> like, like, like I just imagine now like Bill Griffith and like a giant like uh, rubber stamp comes in and stamps like you know owned in big red letters yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. I would not want to be Bill Griffith now, cause getting savagely taken down by Scott fucking Adams. Wow. <laughs> Let him tear each other to pieces. See if I care. I want to know what Bill Griffith uh, criticized about Dilbert that incited this uh, this 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 uh, Crips Bloods feud. Uh. Oh, it wasn't a it wasn't a comic at all. It was an article where he uh where he uh savaged uh savaged Dilbert. Here we go. What did he say? I found it. It says You know, Comics in a Hundred by Bill Griffith. The daily newspaper comic strip is one hundred years old, and it looks at shrunken, pale, shaky, one foot in the grave. Diagnosis in desperate need of new blood. Instead it gets Dilbert. Dilbert is all the rage. Dilbert is on the bestseller list. Like the Ninja Turtles of a few years ago, you cannot avoid Dilbert. But is Dilbert a comic strip? Kind of. More to the point, Dilbert is a marketing strategy. It's the most popular and successful new comic strip in America today. What does this tell us about the medium? Wow. You know what? 
I think that both, um, you know what, what we've learned from this is both Scott Adams and Bill Griffith should not do comics. Instead, they should just snipe at each other like Mr. Black's like best dress list or worst <laughs> dress list. That's what they should be doing because that's a whole lot more fun than any comics either of these dumbasses have ever produced. Oh, man. Oh, boy. Here, Bill Griffith is also savaging Kathy in this. Oh, what? What? Just stay a, away from Kathy, Bill Griffith. Does a contemporary will... strip like Kathy draw her eye to its spot on the page? Do the characters come alive in the way characters from good fiction or film do? Or are they simply caricatures of life? Flat, stereotyped, and two-dimensional. This kind of light work is what gives rise to the pejorative term cartoony. It could be said that today's comic strip readers get what they deserve. Long since psychically kidnapped by the gaudy, mindlessly hyperactive world of TV, they no longer demand or expect comic strips to be compelling, challenging, or even interesting. Enter Kathy and Dilbert. Okay, so, um, oh gosh. Well, I mean, uh, Kathy the comic strip is, um, there's definitely, uh, criticism to be laid at, uh, Kathy's feet. Um, I, I find I, I find it kind of choice that Bill Griffith is is the one to do it, um, considering his own output. But also, um, the fuck is he like? Is he like ninety years old? Like <laughs> seriously, that that is big old man yells at cloud energy, <laughs> and it's from nineteen ninety six. He's like, yeah, these whippersnappers watching this newfangled television. <laughs> it's like what? why he seriously it's like he's that's like it's like one of those um it's it's like when bill not yeah bill watterson is going on like uh it's like we should go back to the days when like a comic was like filled like eight pages of the newspaper with, with a single panel uh because we needed to like draw the yellow kid like eight feet tall <laughs> like what is what is that well you had to draw oh. the yellow kid super tall so you could read his shirt True, true. Yeah, because he had like what a Bible's worth on it every day, <laughs> and it's all in that like that that thing that all the old timey strips did, where they're like, okay, we're gonna write everything in Cockney rhyming slang, and <laughs> and everyone's like, oh, it's so droll. There's no joke, but they talk so funny when they they use that like you know when, when they use that street urchin speak. I don't oh know. yes, and of course the beloved uh, tradition of. Uh, of how Windsor McKay liberally sprinkles his things with ah um um uh. oh I do believe it was the um the rare bit woo I am thirsty um <laughs> oh my god yeah Windsor McKay you read it it sounds like a speed racer script <laughs> like it's like god well you know he had so much space to fill that yeah. he was like here we go. The one that sticks with me is a strip where there's a there's a drunk who's dreaming about walking around on top of people's shoulders when in a in a really thick shopping crowd, and as he, and then he gets really sloppy drunk and he's standing on people going hi ye hi yo what do we care hooray for me I'm all the goods I'm it whoopee yippee. <laughs> I mean, I mean, I'm gonna start saying that. <laughs> I'm, I'm all, all the goods. goods. <laughs> I'm it. Next time I'm uh, I'm walking around on people's shoulders. Uh, <laughs> all right. So, is there anything else we should say about Zippy before we actually talk about this weird five minute video we watch? <laughs> um. Let's. Did I did I miss anything good there? Not really. No, uh, articles by, oh yes. Oh, one more thing in this article he writes is where he makes, you know, he actually makes a good point saying, of course, compelling regularly published comics on newsprint do exist. For the most part, though, they're found on the pages of weekly, not daily newspapers. Strips like Julius Knippel, real estate photographer, Trouble Town, Story Minute, Life in Hell, and Red Meat. He's like, okay, yeah, those are in fact good comic strips. But yeah. he, now he's complaining that you can't, and that. But then he segues into what does the future look like for the daily strip? Some, among the many comic syndicates executives, believe the brave new world of comics will have an exclusive online address. Forget about the. <laughs> 
Forget about the chore of having to scan the comics lineup for your favorite strip and perhaps not finding it there. Just click on Peanuts with your trusty mouse and catch up on Charlie Brown's latest Trials and Tribulations. But what will be lost in that rosy scenario is what's already disappearing as digital supplants analog. Namely, the gestalt of the comics pages. The fun of 30 or so different, one would hope, art styles vying for the viewer's attention. In the best of all possible daily strip worlds, it would be a genuine kick to see Life in Hell's Akbar and Jeff give Spider-Man a run for his money. Um, okay. Well, you know, I mean, he's, I mean, I mean, he's I can not say that wrong, he's but not at the same wrong. time. Yeah, he's not wrong, but it's just such an old man rant. Because it is. I feel like. It's like where and and it's and it's such a it's an old man rant and he's so smug. Oh, just click with your trusty mouse. It's like, trusty mouse. Like, fuck, like you like, keep yeah. it in a little suitcase or something. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> it's just like you know what? Uh, well, he's like, well, you web comics. These will never be a thing. <sighs> Jokes yeah. on you. And we've both had web comics, and they were in fact something you read exclusively as part of one thing. It would have been cool to be part of a big uh, slab of comics, but no one ever well, set that they, up for some reason. They did have web rings, remember? Yeah, there were web rings, but you still couldn't like what you know read a big stack of comics today's web comics all at once. Yeah, well, I guess you had to do what was the thing RSS feeds? Yeah, RSS came close, but yeah, well, I never still. did that though. I literally just had. I think most people you just had a list of comics that you would just check it every day if you were a yeah, weirdo. Yeah, pretty much people Same. apparently were yeah um well you know some what? of them I, i'm not yeah some of them i'm not eager to admit that i read at the time well well, it's, well yeah i mean pretty much looking back i'm like oh yeah like every web comic i just read the fetish web comics you know? <laughs> well uh, they didn't they didn't have any for me so i just read the stupid video game ones oh that's right well that's right because um at the time there were uh there were only four kinds of web comics back in those days or ever there were video game web comics. There were um, uh, um, the the web comics where it's like uh, a col two college roommates and uh, with a sarcastic goth girl who would come in sometimes for you know breaking up the monotony. There were uh, furry web comics, and then they were fetish web comics. Um, and there's a lot of overlap with yeah. the furry and fetish ones, or in fact all of them with the fetish yeah. ones. Um, most fetish ones though were like, they were like, you know, like they were the, the fatty wank ones were the, the big ones, of course, so that I would read not <laughs> enough of them. They were like, what, like eight or like a lot of times it'd be like, they'd be disguised. So you'd have to like be in the know to figure out which were those. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, they didn't wear their hearts on their sleeve. They had, you know, cute little names, you know, it's like, Oh, we were just a happy little furry comic, Sean and Boston. Oh God. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> that had like a million fetishes in it. That was like every fetish known. It's like, hello, I am a dragon. I really want to put you in my pouch, little boy. Also, I'm a kangaroo. <laughs> and now, oh no, now I am transformed and fat. Oh, and I like every punchline was just like Boston, who I think was the kid. Was Maybe? it Boston the kid or the dragon? I literally only know this from a parody you drew. I never oh my heard God. of this thing before. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Because I think it was like, like the the punchline to every comic was the kid being like, "Here we go again," or you know, "Oh no, I've been transformed into anthropomorphic uh, kangaroo." Where we go again? Um, there are also like a million. Uh, I remember the the the. The fetish web comics that like were the most obvious were the were the um uh um the gender swap comics because they were like oh, a yeah. million of those, you know, uh, like there was Exern and Misfile and oh god like like a bunch of them. I just remember there were like so many of them, right? And actually, it's funny because like in the day I would read them and be like, oh yeah, this is like a fetish. This is like this is just a very common fetish, but I think it's just turned out that like most of most were just cartoonists doing gender experimentation. Yeah, it wasn't really a, the, yeah, it wasn't think, really a fetish after all. Yeah, I think most only like literally every single one of those cartoonists has come out as trans since then, except possibly the Exern guy. I think the Exern person was was that that was extremely like just just like an excuse to put like nude women in it. 
So huh. I think that one might have actually been a, a fetish thing. Do you remember? Uh, do you ever Richie Pillbeam by any chance? Richie Pillbeam? I have no memory of this. No. He used to do a. Um, oh God, he used to do. I don't know if I should say his name online, but he used to have a uh, a website called. I have no clue what the website was called. He was a guy <laughs> on the internet. But anyway, he used to have like some website about like um, uh, feminist analysis of pop culture. And I just mm. remember that like apparently he his his um, PhD thesis was a analysis of gender swap web comics. Like literally, he like compiled like reams and reams of these comics on like you know the old timey printer paper, I guess. So oh, wow. for his thesis defense. And it was just funny because um, he, uh, man, he hated them. He hated them so much. By the end, he was like, he was just like, because I guess he had to read like years of these things. And by the end, he was like, like this jaded husk <laughs> who was like, ah, who was like, I was like, fucking it, like smoking, like fucking eggs. <laughs> um, this has nothing to do with Zippy the Pinhead. No. <laughs> this is one of those episodes where we just, go off the rails anyway but which is but okay because that was what we weren't doing anything else yeah <laughs> anyway so we're gonna talk about this cart this actual the actual zippy the pinhead adaptation that we watched which is a five minute apparently music video yes and it's a a song maybe it's a rap i'm not quite sure it's, it's got a guy dressed as zippy sort of talk singing his way through, you know, a bunch of I statements. I like this. I like ding-dongs. I like taco sauce. I'm zippy. Yep. And um, it's about, I would say, 30 seconds of images that are just repeated yes. for five minutes. Over and over and over. It's zippy going to a like a grocery store, the shopping cart, grabbing like ding-dongs off the shelf it's Zippy dancing on a uh, crosswalk as, um, you know, uh, yeah. against the San Francisco skyline. Uh, there's some stills from the Zippy comic strip, like where he's playing a saxophone. And I guess one some... where he's worshiping Fred Flintstone. Yeah. And, and we see that one a lot. Yeah. And, and then they just keep doing that. And he just says things like non sequitur things. And, it feels like, oh, I don't know, maybe this was a novelty song they were trying to get on Dr. Mento or something. Because um, it's it doesn't really have much of a beat. No, it would not make the funny five. I'm sorry. No. And it does. And there's not really it's there's no message. It's, you know, Dada, I guess. And because at first we thought it might be a commercial for Ding Dongs, which would be the obvious <laughs> product placement. At least I thought it might be a commercial for Ding Dongs. And I was like, well, that makes sense because if he eats Ding Dongs, but it is still a very strange thing to think that, you know, someone at Hostess was all like, you know who we need to like promote Ding Dongs? This this comic strip no one likes. Um, Do you like Ding Dongs? Uh, they're, I'm, I'd eat them if I had yeah. them. I, I mean, I've... I, <laughs> I wouldn't seek them out, but they are something like most uh, processed snack foods. If they're around, I, I will eat them until they're gone. It's, I, I'm not sure. I remember, I think I got really down on them because I bought a box because I was like, wow, ding-dongs. I didn't know they still make these. And they were all wrapped in tinfoil, and it was really weird for some reason that, oh, that these yeah, that's, post that's snacks right, could be wrapped that. in foil. And I think, well, I don't think it tasted like the foil, but I couldn't <coughs> get the idea out of my head that it might taste like foil. <laughs> yeah. Finishing them. Yeah. I forgot also, that they were in foil. Yeah. Yeah. Also, the box that he buys has King Ding Dong on it. So, oh, I remember King Ding Dong. Yeah. You got a big delight with every bite. I don't think that's his voice, but <laughs> he looks. Well, it looks like it should be. Yeah, it looks. He really looks like the king of town. So. Yeah. He he's got a bit of uh, Judge Fudge from Drawn Together in him. You know? <laughs> I'm far too busy being cheap and affordable. Yeah, um, I do remember Ding Dongs, like most of those, they have kind of a waxy mouthfeel. Mm, um, yeah, you and know, you so... kind of want to eat the uh, chocolate bar off first and get all the all the wax at once before you get into the cake. But yeah, maybe not yeah. everyone likes to, uh, you know, perform, you know, horrible 
Hannibal Lecter-esque uh, dissections on their snacks as they eat them like I do. Yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, I haven't eaten them in such a long time, but like, um, yeah, it's just one of those things that since I'm, you know, since I'm an adult, I can just, I can get the good snacks. Yeah. You know? Um, are they different than Ho-Ho's? Uh, yeah, Ho-Ho's were the ones underneath them. Those are the rolled up ones. Oh. You'll probably see them sold as Swiss cake rolls and stuff. Yes, too. I have seen that. Um, I always thought they were the same thing, and I all I know all I know about Ho Hos is that Mr. Belvedere really liked them. Oh, did um, he? Yeah, that was his, that was his thing. Just like how Zippy was obsessed with Ding Dongs, Mr. Belvedere was obsessed with Ho Hos. Is there uh, anyone who's obsessed with cupcakes? Um, I'm not sure. I can't think of someone off the top of my head. Um, probably. There's a lot of people who are obsessed with Twinkies. Yes, that is. Um, the, the, well, who's obsessed with Twinkies? I feel um, like I, there are some, but I can't think of any off the top of my head. Well, I know that the Twinkie Wiener sandwich featured in UHF was a real thing that Weird Al ate. So oh, I'm, oh, I'm sorry, a Twinkie Wiener sandwich? Yeah, you cut a Twinkie in half like a hot dog bun, add a raw hot dog, and spray Cheese Whiz on it. Well, he well, he is he is weird. <laughs> and now he's a uh and now he's a vegan so he uh still eats them but with vegan hot dogs really huh okay maybe you know what maybe there's something to it because i read that i once read that like um the biggest sandwich of the 1950s was tomato and peanut butter and i thought to that was insane but i tried it and it's actually pretty good do you salt the tomato first or um, i didn't i just uh. eat it like you know with tomato and peanut butter because mm. it, I mean, it doesn't add a lot of flavor but it's like oh it, it basically gives you the same sort of um you know moistness as the jelly so mm, okay. it's all good um but uh anyway so um uh yeah so ding dong Zip, so he's ding zippy zippy. he's getting ding dongs he's he's just doing this kind of monologue about random stuff like i eat ding dongs on the moon just you know random shit like that um what does he say did he say anything that actually i've already forgotten uh, it all the one you know the one that i quoted at the beginning is like all of life is a blur of republicans and meat yeah like it's that sort of thing it's uh purple monkey dishwasher shit yes and um so but we don't know it, it was what i mean it's a thing that exists like zippy the comic strip it is a thing that exists for no reason because who who wants this i mean i feel like bill griffith was probably like you know you want me to promote my comic okay oh you're right he's too much of an artist to do that you know what why do i have a uh why do i have a syndicate for if i'm expected to promote it yeah yeah you know uh uh, I get, uh, you know what I I get I I feel like well ah uh, Zippy the Pinhead he's uh, he's he's spent his whole life making a product nobody wants nobody likes and getting but but getting rewarded at every step how and if how that's I, not if that's not the boomer generation, then what is? I mean, I, I don't want to say that, like, I mean, I'm sure he gets satisfaction out of it because, I mean, honestly, he he probably gets lots of satisfaction out of it because he's literally making a comic just for himself. I mean, obviously, he loves drawing that goddamn doggy head diner shit, and he's just drawing this thing that, like, appeals to no one. No one at all. And the market is just like, yes, this is good. Give money to this guy. Um, every artist should be so lucky. Um, but it's just, it's so strange that, you know, compared to like every, every, everyone, every other cartoonist who is like hustling and trying to like find something that's going to like click with people. And this guy is just like, nope, audience of one, but, and, and yet a resounding success in its own way. Um, maybe he's out of something there. Maybe you really should just make something for yourself. And, you know, maybe you're, you know, maybe you'll hit the lottery. And, and if not, you know, somebody's making something just for you. 
True, true. I feel I sh- I've been like extremely bitter this entire episode. <laughs> I'm just so mad. It's Zippy the Pinhead. <laughs> oh, hey, you know who else really likes uh, Twinkies? Uh, Actually, I forget who. Um. Oh, the, Egon. The- Oh, that's right. He does, actually. I completely forgot about that. <laughs> um, no, I was going to say, the other person who really likes uh, Twinkies is... You? Well, you know, um, I'm not... I'm not uh, Well, I, I do, actually, I guess. <laughs> I, I certainly like them. You think about uh, it, and enough. you're like, oh, wow. I, I would really get a big delight from every bite. <laughs> no, I was like, uh, no, the other person who likes Twinkies, Dan White. Dan White, yeah, the guy. Is that who the killed, guy who who killed oh! Harvey Milk? Oh my God! All the pieces fit. It all fits together. It's like we got like a a big map on the wall with like red yarn. <laughs> this means something. Oh, we've made we've made a silhouette of a pinhead, and we can't can't identify yeah. it. <laughs> Wait a second here. Oh, okay. Uh, no, it's like, <laughs> I was like, I'm trying to like, wait a second here. So apparently, uh, oh, I was just looking, cause I was just looking at the, um, the uh, Wikipedia page about the, uh, you know, the, the Twinkie murders and I was trying to think like, wait, is there anyone else? I was like, who else is involved in this? How deep does this go? <laughs> like, you know, the Pope, the Bilderbergers, the reverse <laughs> vampires. <laughs> We're through the looking class here, people. I don't was know there, why. I sh- mm-hmm. Was there ever a Bilderberger workshop? <laughs> we should start one. Oh, yeah. Wait, that's you just can... Fuddruckers. <laughs> we should just make a yeah, Bilderberger workshop. You can make your own like pyramid with a big eye on it. <laughs> um. Well, we've been talking for an hour. Do we have anything else to say about uh, Zippy? Or... Well, sorry for leading you on by saying it was going to be a commercials episode. We ended up getting a whole episode out of this five-minute video. <laughs> well, we're going to zip off now, I guess. Zip! <laughs> oh, wait. I'm sorry. The, the the ending phrase is supposed to be... Oh, wait. Oh, I have, I do have one thing to ask, the, ask them. I mean, you mm-hmm. sat and listened to us for... An hour and five minutes talking about Zippy. Are you having fun yet?